Hi, everybody. So we are very excited to be here today. We are uh, here to have our next episode of Chicks on Flicks, and we're talking about the film Cinema Paradiso. And uh, Christina's here uh, with me to talk about it. Hey, everybody. Yeah, and I'm not at 100% voice. I've got some allergies that I'm dealing with today, so you have to excuse that. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun talking about this classic uh, classic film and, uh, and kind of what we thought about it uh, and see what Roger Ebert also thought about it in his review. So, uh, Christine, what did you, what was your initial response to this film? Uh, initially, like when it started, I thought that it was charming and it was going to be merely charming. I kind of underestimated it. And then the second half, especially when it introduced the love interest, it started really losing me. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And I I was feeling very non-compelled. But then as soon as the main character kind of like, uh, he he came back from military service. And then I felt like the entire tone of the movie changed. The message of the movie started coming through. And then I felt like everything started falling into place. And so by the time I was done with this, I review because I like my eyes were all red and everything and I was just like I, I, it had me in tears by the end so my uh, reaction to this movie is just like this this was a really good movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know for me I uh, I did go into it with quite a few expectations I'd heard a lot about it and how great it was and I I, I, I thought that it was a very simple movie but uh, and in some ways it's easy to sort of discount a film like that because it doesn't have a ton of story. Uh, but, um, but I, I really just thought it was a very sweet film and, uh, a, a very, a very nostalgic kind of film. Uh, and it's not necessarily, even if you, even if you don't, even if you're somebody who doesn't love film, uh, I think that this is a movie that I think you should be able to relate to about just sort of feeling nostalgic about anything in your, and things that you've lost, things that have, uh, that were once such a, a beautiful part of life have, have, are gone and dealing with that. And, and, uh, so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, it, it, it has a few little, little things that we'll talk about, uh, but overall, I think this is a really sweet, uh, lovely little movie. Yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about uh, some of the things, our fa- favorite things about the film. Um, so basically the, the movie, it's about this boy uh, in Italy who, in Rome, uh, who uh, loves uh, going to the, uh, the little cinema in his town, Cinema, Cinema Perdicio. And he, uh, he, he goes and watches the films and gets to know the film projectionist named Alfredo. And, uh, and he just, you know, he loves these films and it's sort of about this boy's life and, uh, him sort of growing up and, uh, like you said, I eventually going off of, off to war and different things like that. And also about sort of the, uh, the, 
the theater itself and how it changes over the years and everything kind of, it, it almost reminds me a little bit of a movie like field of dreams, mm. you know, sort of this, this feeling of kind of sort of looking back on sort of, uh, of your life and, and things that have, you've sort of missed and sort of this nostalgia of, of, you know, in that case it's baseball uh, and how, how baseball connects you to, to other people, your roots, your family, your whatever, uh, kind of remind me of that a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what were some things that really like stuck out to you? You said particularly the, the last half of the movie rang, rang true for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to me, I, from this movie, the big message that I got was nostalgia is a trap. And that was what Alfredo's, uh, you know, advice to him was for was because, you know, he, he goes back and the thing is, is not only is that cinema still there, but the people are still there. All the same people are still there. And I think that Alfredo understood the nature of this little town and he understood that that was what was going to happen. Um, to Salvatore if he, if he stayed. And so I thought that this movie wasn't really about movies at all. Not even in, so for instance, in, at, the, at the beginning I was reminded of like Hugo. Um, oh, that's a good example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Hugo is to me, was absolutely about movies. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it was the, I don't even remember the girl's name. You know, it wasn't really about the boy and the girl. It was about right. movies. Yeah. Whereas I feel like this movie, it's not about the cinema. It's not about movies. It's about nostalgia, like you said. Um, and anyone who has nostalgia about anything can relate to it. Mm. And so I thought that was really beautiful, that it was kind of an ex- exploration of that. And in the beginning and in the middle, I didn't understand a lot of the editing there were some editorial choices and everything where I was like, I don't understand that cut. I don't really understand the way the story's being told. But then at the end, I felt like the entire time this was being presented up to us in a way that's reminiscent of how a memory is remembered. Uh-huh. The way you kind of go, Hey, remember the time this thing happened and remember the time this thing happened. And it might seem kind of disjointed, uh-huh. but you put it all together and it's your overall impression that creates an emotion that you have toward a period of your life. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated it by the end, but I didn't understand it just from the get go. Interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I, I, you know, on, on one hand it's like, it's, it, it, it feels like, why did Alfredo, you know, make not, he didn't want, you know, him to be more a part of each other's lives, you know, like they missed all that time they could have spent together or whatever. But, uh, you know, he recognized, I think what was right for, for, uh, you know, for this, this particular child and, and, and that he would just get sort of lost in, uh, in, in this town that he wouldn't, you know, do the great things that he was supposed to do. And, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, so it is interesting because it feels like on one hand, this movie is a lot about the things that we have lost, but it's also about kind of, um, uh, it's also, it doesn't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's also about, you know, 
moving forward and, uh, and kind of just how time, how we have to just kind of, we have to modernize and we have to, uh, we have to, we can't, uh, I don't know, dwell in the past, live in the past. It reminded me a little bit also of a movie called Midnight in Paris mm. a little bit. I, I don't know if you've seen that, but, um, that one is also sort of about nostalgia and, uh, and sort of not, the character kind of learns to not get kind of not to idolize the past mm-hmm. uh, basically. And so, yeah, it was really, really interesting. I, I think that uh, you do definitely get this feeling of sort of what the community goes through as well as what uh, the Salvatore, uh, what he, his, his life changes because uh, you see the way the, the theater kind of evolves and changes. And, and when uh, it first starts out, you know, the, the, the theater is a very, going to the theater is a very, uh, is a very community experience, mm-hmm. you know, where everybody's like cheering and throwing stuff and freaking out, you know, like very involved mm-hmm. like, in the movie. And, and, uh, uh, I think that that, that is something that when we pretty much lost, but, uh, but every once in a while you'll have an experience and it is a very powerful experience when it happens. Mm-hmm. Like uh, for me, when I went and saw force awakens the first time, that was a very like community experience mm-hmm. where people were dressed up, people were, you know, cheering people as soon as the, you know, thing came up. Everybody, right. Oh yeah. You know, it was a very collective community kind of experience. So you get that every now and then, but uh, it's, it's, it's rare. And, uh, and so I, I kind of like seeing that evolution of the theater itself, uh, yeah. the course of the movie. Well, and I think that one of the things that has been lost is part of the magic of those community experiences. I think that those people had that they were portraying in this movie is that it wasn't special, that it was every night, you yeah. know, or, and it was, it's almost like childhood, the magic of childhood is that you take it for granted, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, and the, yeah. So it's right. So it's like when it's lost and you're an adult and you have childlike moments or things that capture your wonder, you appreciate it, but there's something connected to it, right? Like there, there's a nostalgia for the way mm-hmm. you used to experience it and you almost miss being able to take it for granted. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Kind of makes me think of in, in Citizen Kane when the, you know, like he's, he has everything. And the one thing that he, he thinks of is the last, the last thing uh, that is on his mind is the sled that he played with as a child, you know, the sort of that, mm. uh, that that's the, the one thing that you can't, no matter how much money, how much anything, you can't ever have that again. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's really, really interesting. Uh, and I, I also think, it's interesting to see sort of the moral changes of the town mm-hmm. uh, and through the lens of movies that you see, uh, you know, the very, very first uh, scene of the movie is this uh, priest, uh, you know, censoring uh, the films uh-huh. and holding up that. I think that's a great scene. And the last scene of the movie is also uh, the, uh, is, is, is also this priest. Uh, and so I don't know. It's interesting to, um, uh, it's interesting to kind of, I don't know. It's interesting to think about that, the way that sort of the morals kind of move and change throughout the course of the film. 
Yeah. Well, and the fact that when he goes back to Cinema Paradiso, he sees movie posters for erotic movies, you know, and a lot of times, you know, people will start using stuff like that because you have a failing business and they'll try to use sex to bring business in even more. And I thought that was really interesting that it was suffering so much that those are the last (laughs) movie posters that stay up in this abandoned building. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I mean, so Alfredo was like basically cut together all of these scenes that he had, that he'd cut out, you know, by the end and, you know, you get this, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting kind of that, uh, that what, what was one sort of, uh, censored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Censored is now kind of, uh, is, has now been sort of treasured in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, so yeah it's it's a it's a i don't know it's an interesting kind of moment at the end that last sort of sequence and uh and you know that you kind of have to you, you have to sort of accept sort of the moral code of wherever you are are li- living but you also have to kind of um i, I don't know decide for yourself kind of what you, what you believe, like you kind of have to do both things uh, Mm -hmm. in a, um, especially in any kind of creative uh, endeavor. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's interesting. Uh, So yeah, the, it's also a very like a lovingly made movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. It, uh, I think that the cinematography, the music is beautiful. I think it's Ennio Morricone is one of the great composers that we have had in movies, and uh, he he actually finally last uh, 2015 finally won an Oscar, which is <sighs> crazy. Uh, for I didn't see it, but he he did a movie with um, Quentin Tarantino called really? uh, Yeah, called The Hateful Eight. But he he has. Uh, just beautiful scores. Uh, one of my favorites is from the movie The Mission, mm. uh, which uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if you'd like it or not. The Mission, but but I I really like it. But anyway, just beautiful beautiful scores, and I think that that help this helps a lot with this movie. Is it just captures that sense of sort of nostalgia, and I just thought it was so beautiful the music, and uh, I I I thought that uh, it just was very, very, you know, just sort of likable and comforting and uh, everything in, in watching it. So uh, one thing that's interesting about this movie is that, so it was released in, uh, in uh, 1988, won the best foreign film. And then in 1990, it was released in a 173-minute version. Hmm. What's interesting is that, uh, and this is supposedly the director's cut, the one that he preferred, uh, but uh, what's interesting is on Roger Ebert, this is not written by Roger Ebert, but uh, on RogerEbert.com, there's an article that says, Film Improved by Butchering. So and, and he goes through, it's pretty interesting. He talks about how this 173 minute version is, is a much weaker version. Mm, so it's more time on the romance. It, you know, it, it, uh, um, it just doesn't add anything that uh, it sort of, it, it, it 
accentuates the weaknesses of the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, it was pretty interesting because, you know, I think a lot of times we think that just like studio studio tampering is like inherently bad. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, like uh, that, uh, that, you know, we should always just like trust the director's vision mm-hmm. or whatever. And so here's an interesting example of, uh, of where it's, I haven't seen this longer version, so who knows maybe what I would think, but according to this author, at least, uh, that it is very much inferior to the 124 minute version. So interesting. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, uh, but Roger, he says that, uh, um, about the movie, uh, he talks about just the experience that it captures of going to a local cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, he says that, uh, uh, he, um, uh, the, the experience of, of the projection booth and, and, uh, the, uh, he says, let's see here. Um, let me find a good quote. Uh, he says, I wonder if a theater has ever existed that showed such a variety of films as the cinema, cinema Paradiso does in this movie. Uh, Tony, Tornatore tells us in, in an autobiographical note that the theater in his hometown when he was growing up showed everything from Kurosawa to the Hercules movies. And in Cinema Paradiso, we catch glimpses of Charlie Chaplin, John Wayne, and of course, countless Hollywood melodramas in which men and women look smolderingly at one another, come closer, seem about to kiss, and then, with the jerk of a jump cut, are standing apart, exchanging a look of deep significance. And, uh, so let's see, uh, Texas, the, uh, let's see, the story is told in flashback against with a prominent director learning in Rome that old Alfredo is dead and making a sentimental journey back to his hometown. And let's see here. Um, yet anyone who loves movies is likely to love cinema and Paradiso. And there is one scene where the projectionist finds that he can reflect the movie out, uh, out of the window in his booth and out uh, across the town square so that the images can float on a wall there in the night above the heads of the people. I saw a similar thing happen one night in Venice in 1972, when they showed Char- Chaplin's city of lights in the Piazza uh, San Marco to more than 10,000 people. And it was then that I realized the same thing this movie argues. Yes, it is tragic that the big screen has been replaced by the little one, but the real shame is that the big screens did not grow even bigger, grow so vast they were finally on the same scale as the movies they were reflecting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's an interesting kind of take that. Uh, and he also says, we understand that the power of the screen can compensate for a deprived life. And the young Salvatore is not apprenticing himself to a projectionist, but to the movies. Once that idea has been established, the film begins to reach for its, for its effects. And uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, what, what do you think about, about that? What are you talking about as far as uh, him being sort of apprenticed to the movies and sort of the idea that the movies did sort of keep up with, of, with life in a way? I, I don't know. It, it would be hard to articulate. I'd have to think about it more too, to even yeah. decide whether or not I agree with that because, because, you know, Alfredo didn't tell Salvatore, 
go be a film director, follow the movies, you know, throughout your life and, and be bigger than this little cinema. I mean, and he left this cinema. He left it behind at yeah. Alfredo's advice. I think that his connection to Alfredo was deeper than his connection to the movies. So I, I don't know if I'd okay. entirely agree with that assessment. Yeah, I can see that point, that look at it too. Uh, that, uh, he, he, he was kind of that, that in a certain way, kind of movies sort of raised the, yeah, the a little bit, but there was also movies were sort of what bonded him with people. And so, yeah. and I can feel that definitely in my life, you know, that, that, uh, it's not just about, movies it's about the connection i have with these films with right. my friends and uh, so uh and and you know the experiences that we've had talking about you know talking about star wars or harry potter or whatever it might be uh <clears throat> and so maybe we kind of come around on that in a way like when he wrote this we have to think when he wrote this this review it would have been uh when things were like VHS was just kind of starting Mm -hmm. and uh, when the, you know, things were really uh, transitioning. Whereas now I I kind of feel like we kind of have both worlds in a way we have this home experience. We have this uh, like intimate experience as far as it's just us and the screen in a lot of ways, but then we also have the communal experience and we also have the the participatory experience where you bond with people online, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, the, you needed, mm-hmm. there was no internet you right. know, in this, it, when he wrote this review. And so I don't know, it's sort of an interesting thing to think about how it's just evolved. And that's sort of a theme of the movie in a way, isn't mm-hmm. it? Is, is, is just, is both how things change and how things evolve and also looking back with nostalgia at the way things used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, in a way, the, the movies have evolved kind of more than he probably gave him credit for when he wrote this review. Mm. So, uh, it, it's an interesting thing. And so, yeah, I think it is really, really well made. I think it is, uh, very, uh, um, I, I kind of wondered if you would like it as much because, uh, I, it, it can be a little self-indulgent at times. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after the, uh, it's like something, somebody like me, when they have all of these vignettes from different movies, it's like, uh, it's really fun and really a treat, but I didn't know if, if it would be, if it would feel a little bit, uh, boring, uh, for you. So I'm glad to hear that, uh, that you enjoyed it. Um, Okay, well, so let's talk about some of the things that maybe didn't work as well in the movie. I do agree with you that I think the romantic um, (laughs) portion is not as effective uh, as Mm -hmm. the rest of it. I think that is the weak part of the the movie. It's just very, um, I don't know, it's very cliched. It's just not that compelling compared to the relationship between Alfredo and and, uh, the and Salvatore, it's just not as, it's just kind of the. Well, and I thought they had some really good setup where they could have done more with it. For instance, yeah. Alfredo tells him the story about the princess who tells the man, the soldier, wait under my window for a hundred days and then I'll be yours. And the soldier waits for 99, turns into a husk of a human being. And he says he's 
dry and white. And then on the 99th night, he leaves. And Salvatore's like, wait, why would he do that? And Alfredo's like, I don't know. It's just a dumb story. Well, I thought that they'd come back to it because then, like, Salvatore says to the girl, oh, I'm going to wait for you every night under your window. And to me, even immediately after Alfredo told the story, the point I got was the man realized any woman who's going to see me suffering out here, you know, every single night turning into nothing to dust has no compassion. And so I don't care how good looking she is. She has zero compassion. And so I'm not interested anymore. I'm just going to stay here for 99 to prove my point. I'm going to ditch her and find somebody who has a heart. And so I thought that the, you know, even if the girl doesn't romantically love him, that she would come out when he's withering away under her window and be like, here, have a blanket, you know, or like come inside or something to show that she has more to offer other than her pretty blue eyes. Yeah. And so the fact that they never did, they never did anything with that. I was like, okay, but the fact, but then later I was kind of okay with it because she just disappeared. And I liked that because I was like, oh yeah. Cause sometimes like that happens, you have these flyby romances and especially back in the day before the internet where you can't find people if they move and you don't have their new address yeah then it's like she just goes away and I thought that was very true to life so I thought that was fine but then if that's all there's going to be to it then you don't need to spend so much time setting it up yeah yeah so yeah it just wasn't it just I mean it's not like it was horrible or anything it just was kind of bland I would say <coughs> she just did a lot of like soulful staring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Which is especially <laughs> when you have all of this like this this romance on screen, it feels a little uh you know, it feels like oh, you know, like it, it it's not as compelling as some of these images, particularly at the end, uh, these images that you see on right. <laughs> screen. It's like <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, and maybe, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. But, um, but anyway, I, I agree with you there. I, like I said, I do feel like it can be a little indulgent sometimes, uh, with like, I, I don't think we needed quite as, I enjoyed it because I'm a movie fan. And so it was like a treat for me to see all of these, uh, these clips of all of these movies, but there probably are, uh, uh, uh there's a lot. There's a lot. And, uh, so, and it is, it's, it, there are people that have a really hard time with this kind of film because there's not a ton of story. There's not a ton that happens, mm-hmm. uh, in the course of the film. It's just about this, this kid and his life. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, want more story, want more plot. I don't have a problem with that, but, uh, you know, I know that that could be hard for certain people, certain viewers. Uh, so. Yeah. I thought it was a little overindulgent with some of the symbolism. Um, yeah. There were some that worked really well for me. Like to me, the very best symbol was um, the mother getting up to answer the door for Salvatore, who hasn't been around for 30 years and her knitting unravels. Oh yeah. <sighs> So yeah. good. So I loved that moment. I was just like, oh, it's like we're going back in time. Oh, it's so good. But um, there were some, especially with... I like, didn't even think of that, but yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So but the 
the Catholic symbolism I thought was really heavy handed in a lot of places. Yeah. And it was like, we get it. You're Catholic, which is probably how some of those people felt in that town at the time. <laughs> we get it. We're Catholic. But, um, there were just a lot of like jump shots to the Virgin Mary. And I was oh, like, yeah. I don't, I, like some of these I get, like when there's a fire and he's like, somebody help me. And he like looks at the statue and the statue's burning too. I was like, okay, that one works. Yeah. But for the most part, I felt like it was excessive. And then they like had a bunch of shots to like the, the, you know, statue of the body of Christ to the people touching it. I'm like, I don't, this would be fine if I knew how it related to any of this context. So I feel like that was kind of heavy handed. Like it just kept coming in to remind us they're Catholic. I was like, okay, (laughs) I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're, maybe they're trying to connect it to the priest and to the, to the censorship and to the, you know, those kind of things. But yeah, it can be definitely a little heavy handed for sure. So yeah, there are some, there's some, you know, issues with the movie, but, uh, but yeah, overall, I think it is, it's really is a strong film and I really enjoyed watching it. I think it just is the kind of movie that sort of makes you feel good. And, uh, uh, and, uh, is certainly one of the better, I think, movies about movies. <laughs> uh, so it's no surprise that this won, you know, an Academy Award because this is like exactly the kind of movie that, 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 uh, the, the Academy is, of course, is, is definitely going to love because they love movies about making movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so was this, you mentioned there was an autobiographical note. Was this story autobiographical or was it fictional? I don't know. Um, I, I believe it's fictional, uh, but I think it is at least partly based on uh, the director, uh, Giuseppe Tornatore is his name, uh, that uh, it is um, at least, I think, partly based on his life uh in uh in growing up in sicily uh and it's i was just reading here on wikipedia says this is seen as nostalgic (laughs) postmodernism. that's a that's a very uh um academic uh, way of describing (laughs) say uh this is uh, the film intertwines sentimentality with comedy and nostalgia with pragmatism it explores issues of youth coming of age and reflections uh, in adulthood about the past. Uh, so it says, it's, 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 it's going to be said to reflect Salvatore's idealized memories of his childhood. Uh, and it, but it's also a celebration of films as a projectionist. Young Salvatore develops a passion for film that shapes his path. But yeah, I, I think uh, that it is like loosely based on, on the, uh, this guy, uh, Tornatore's life. But uh, I don't think it is autobiographical. So I have a question for you. Uh huh. Since this is fiction, that I I was kind of wondering this as I was watching it. And you mentioned this is the kind of movie that makes you just feel good. Uh huh. And the thing is, is, I don't know if I feel good because like he sacrificed all of this time. He left this town behind. He followed Alfredo's advice, but it's made very obvious to us that he hasn't found fulfillment or true happiness or love. Why do you think that they would do that? Why don't you think they would write a character who did find those things? Huh. That's an interesting thing. I mean, that this, the nostalgia wouldn't be as powerful then, 
the looking back wouldn't be as powerful. Um, if he, if he was like perfectly content and happy, uh, in his, you know, current life. Um, yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. It, it may, I, yeah, I think it just sort of adds to this feeling of, of things that we've lost things that have, you know, uh, but I don't know. Like, I, I guess I, I felt like it, it, it made him sort of, it was like an emotionally true kind of moment. And I didn't feel like his life was like horrible or anything like right, that. No, it's definitely not. Uh, and, uh, so I don't know. It's an interesting question. Like what, do, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many, so many different thoughts. I think that maybe it did feel more true to life for the director to say that, you know, you think you're going to go off and leave everything behind and find everything. It, it, you, you, you may not. Um, I think I might be a more optimistic person. Uh-huh. Than that. Um, I think it might be a comment too. I think most interesting, the, the thing that he doesn't have is love, right? And his mother says like, it's always a different woman who answers the phone when I try to find you. And I can hear in their voices that they don't love you. And I wish that you had found someone to love. And I almost wonder because what he has with Elena is so obviously not love. It's, it's not, it's just the obsession of youth. It's this idea that a, in order to get a woman to love you, you have to like wither away out of longing for her. And then she's eventually going to break down, you know, that's so immature. And I wonder if, because she, because that's his idea of love, if he falls into this trap of nostalgia and he's like, I just want it to feel like that again. So you're never going to get that. Yeah. So maybe that would prevent him from, having a real relationship with an adult, you know, woman. Well, and they're fixated. There is an idea oftentimes with art that art sort of becomes your love. Uh, It becomes like that, that uh, you see this frequently, I think in a lot of different films and books and things like that, that, that like that you, you have to kind of, if you want to make like true art kind of that, like you can't kind of, have sort of uh, a, a divided heart, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there probably is a little bit, kind of little bit of that kind of going on uh, in, uh, in, in this, uh, in this film. I had really thought about it that way, to be honest, but, uh, but I, I could see, I could see that. You can see what you're saying. And, uh, and, you know, it's obviously sort of, there is sort of a melancholy uh, in, uh, in the end of the film, you know, the things that we've sort of lost and and that's probably sort of encapsulated by this film, you know, that we see at the end with all the, all of the, the cuts and the censorship, you know, of that Alfredo has saved over the years. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. interesting I, to think about. That's super interesting. You say that because then that makes me see the Catholic symbols really differently. Uh-huh. Right. Because, you know, Roger Ebert states like the movies became his mother. Mm -hmm. And so you have interspersed images of the mother of all mothers. Um, 
and so now I'm like, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, the movies became his, like, Alfredo was like the Christ, and the movies were like, you know, his, his mother, okay, I'm like, mm, and the cinema producer was like his God, or his paradise, if he's heaven, I don't know. So yeah. maybe I'm like, maybe those symbols were lost on me, but not wasted entirely. So yeah. that's interesting. I think <coughs> and I, it's interesting too that you say that, because I, I think it's true. And I think that so much good art is created when people do essentially sell their souls for it. Yeah. You make great art when you give your whole life for it, it's not worth it, but it's good art. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. I mean, I, I would say, uh, it, like, it, this is an interesting question and we probably, is probably somewhat of a tangent, but like, I think about that all the time that like, you look at somebody like Mozart, let's say, let's say Mozart had a pretty unhappy life, but he created this beautiful music. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, say, like, I do you say, well, he should have had a happier life, but what if that happier life didn't create this beautiful music? And then the world would be so much lesser because it's, so, <laughs> it's sort of an interesting thing to sort of think about, you know, that like, well, he kind of needed, we needed that, we needed that music. It was the worst yeah. time for a human being, but it's like, maybe it is i don't know it's 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 a because it, that because that music is just the greatest and yeah, i don't know, I know. it's interesting <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about and you know as a writer as well it's a conversation that happens a lot where people are like hey like we need to be healthy about this we can't convince ourselves that you have to torture yourself in order to create art but mm-hmm. why is it still a discussion why would it be a discussion at all because there's this like belief inside all of us we've seen it you know that like a little bit of self-torture does create good art, you know, and, and, yeah. and even um, looking back at like great scientists, you know, like stories of, you know, Dmitry Mendeleev and, you know, he, yeah. who created the periodic table and everything. Yeah. And I, when I was studying him, there was a conversation he had with his wife and I'm not sure, I think he was married more than once. So it might've been the, the lesser love of his life, but she said, it's either science or me. And he said, what are you talking about? Of course it's science. (laughs) (laughs) And she stayed. (laughs) But, you know, it is. It's a really interesting thought. And I think that you're right that this movie is touching on some of that. And I hadn't realized that. Yeah. Yeah, me either. So quite, quite a sway. So that's why it's good to have these discussions. Yeah, I, so yeah, I think it's a, a strong film. And like I said, I think it is very, very well made. I think it, it, like, I love, I really do love the music so much. And, uh, I, I, I just think it's, it's, it is interesting. Cause like you say, it's, cause to me, it seems like a warm cup of cocoa, this movie, but there is sort of a darker side to it that, that is true to it. You know, that he does kind of, uh, he doesn't have like the happiest life, but yet it feels very comforting when you watch it. So it's an interesting sort of thing. Yeah. It, it, that, there's something about nostalgia that's very comforting. Right. Uh, but, but yeah. Unsettling at the same yeah. time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's very, very true. <clears throat> which, uh, which probably makes it powerful, makes it good. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So it's an interesting film. Um, so I, what, what, um, uh, what between like one to 10, what, what grade would you, give this movie 
I I would give this movie. It, it's like between a nine and a ten. Yeah. I would give this movie a nine point five. Okay. Yeah. I, I think this movie is nearly perfect. It is so almost exactly what it should be. Yeah, I give it a nine, uh, and because it is a, a very very lovely little movie, um, but uh, you know has a few little things that I would have done differently, but. That's that's the case with everything. Uh so yeah, I, I think uh, this was a good one. I see why I see why Roger put this on his list because I do think there is a, a humanity to this film and uh uh and particularly of course for him why he would as somebody who literally devoted their whole life to movies. Yeah. I, 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 I it makes sense why why he in particular would think that this movie uh gave you faith in <laughs> yeah absolutely in his list so uh, i'll have a link if you want to check out roger's list of uh the films to give you faith in humanity i'll have a link down in the description so you can check that out and uh so let us know if you've seen cinema paradiso what you thought of the movie if you liked it if you didn't like it uh and um thanks so much for for joining me to talk about this this was a lot of fun this was a movie i'd heard a lot about but i just hadn't gone around to see so it was fun to watch it for the first time yeah absolutely this is the exact kind of movie that i was hoping to see you know as we were getting into this series yeah yeah (laughs) so all right well where can people find you uh, people can find me. The best place right now is Instagram at C Tyler books. Um, I'm doing a bookish giveaway event uh, with one of my friends. It's Harry Potter themed this month. And uh, we have a prompt list. And if people post pictures using the prompt and our hashtag, uh, it's hashtag Tykens challenge then uh, they can win a gift box at the end of the month. That's going to be really fun. And on YouTube, I'm youtube.com slash C Tyler vision. That's the letter C. So cool. Well, great. Uh, I'll have that all in the description section. You guys want to check that out. And uh, you find me at smiling LDS on all social media. You want to follow us at chick on flicks on Twitter. Uh, We'll try to keep that updated and we're going to try to, to be a little more regular uh, on our uh, podcast than summer was just, it's just tough in the summer, uh, at least for this fall period, we'll try. And, uh, and so uh, this week on the channel uh, on uh, Saturday, we are doing me and, and uh, Chris over at Dravania and David and uh, Larry and Elsie Screen Talk, the four of us, we are doing our blockbuster showdown. We're just finishing up on Twitter, the showdown, uh, but uh, we're going to hash it out. It's going to be really fun going through a bracket of the, the greatest blockbusters and, and figure out which one is the best blockbuster ever. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. That That's coming up on Saturday. And uh, and then next week, I'm going to be doing a uh a podcast with uh with my friend Amber where we're going to be talking about the Love Comes Softly series as part of all our Hallmarkies uh, series that we're we're starting uh, that we've done and uh, so that's just some things to look forward to that should be fun so uh, and I will be seeing Home Again tonight and so you should expect a review uh, tomorrow so a lot of things to look forward to so thanks so much for for joining me on this and. Uh, we will uh, look forward to our next. We're we're taking a break for the next uh, video. I think the next one we're going to be talking about uh, a animated film called uh, Window Horses. It's a strange name, but I'm really excited to talk about that with you. So that'll be fun. Yeah. So Absolutely. all right. 
Well, thanks again. And uh, um, we will, uh, we'll talk next week. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye.